Hey Vine family, Kathy here, and you're listening to another message by Pastor Ray Almeida called Enter His Courts with Praise. This message repositioned our hearts to be thankful in the season of Thanksgiving. Tune into this message to have even greater revelation to how gratitude opens a gateway to heaven. We have another service next Sunday at 10.30 a.m. See you there, and remember, just keep coming back. Well, as I said, good morning, church. Um, I'm so happy that you decided to join us on this Sunday morning. It's always wonderful when we gather together as a church. It's always good. And I believe the Lord is already speaking. How many of you guys already received something fresh from the Lord during this time of worship? Amen? Just me? Amen? Come on. God is so good. Hey, I want you to turn your Bibles. We're going to go to Psalm chapter 100. Psalm chapter 100. We're going to read this and uh, we're going to read one more passage and then we're going to pray. And then uh, we'll get straight into the message this morning. We'll do our tithes and our offerings at the end. All right, Psalm chapter 100. If you could project it for me, this is what it says here. It says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is good. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures for all generations. Amen? Can I have a good amen? Okay, here's what I want us to do. Go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19. Look what this says here, and we're going to go back to Psalm 100. The Bible says this, Ephesians chapter 5, 19 says that we should speak to one another in psalms and in hymns and in spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our heart to the Lord. He says this, speak to one another in psalms. I don't know about you, but I'm not used to speaking to people in psalms, but the Bible actually says that we are supposed to speak to one another in psalms. So here's what I want us to do this morning. We're going to read Psalm 100. And I want everyone to read this psalm together. And I promise this is going to be what's going to kind of start our morning off with the right heart. So here's what I want you to do. If you can, just stand up once more, everybody across the room. And um, go to Psalm 100, Hapha, verse 1. And we're going to read this all together. You're going to read it off the screen just so that we make sure we're all on the same page, on the same version. And what we're going to do is we're going to read this on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is good. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the lord is good his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations can we have a good amen turn to somebody next to you say his truth endures for all generations you may be seated let's pray for the message this morning jesus i pray speak to us god lord allow your word to teach us instruct us allow us to leave this place better than how we came in, Jesus. Transform us through your message, Jesus, this morning, God. We believe that your word, it never returns empty, and it will not return empty today, Jesus. 
And so in your holy name, God, speak to us, Holy Spirit. In your holy name, God, reveal to us who you are, Jesus. We pray and we ask and everybody says, and everybody says, amen. Can we give it up one more time for, for Gabe right now and for our worship team? Come on. Is anybody excited? Joyful. Amen. Okay, cool. Um, we have been talking about in this month a few aspects that I think are really important for us to talk and touch on in the month of November. And so when we started in the month of November, I kind of set out to think what are the important principles for our church in this month? And what does our church really need to hear in this month of November? So the first week of November, we, we touched on the aspect of obviously Thanksgiving and what Thanksgiving is and why Thanksgiving is significant for us as the people of Christ. And, and this verse itself teaches us a principle in regards to Thanksgiving. The second week, we talked about the principle of generosity, that God calls his people to be generous. Everybody say generous. Calls us to be generous. And this morning, I want to speak on a principle that I think is really significant, which is to teach our church the importance and the value of praise. Everybody say praise. Why does praise matter? And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Why does praise matter? Can you turn to somebody next and say, why does praise matter? Answer them right now. If you know why praise matters, answer them right now. Say it's because of this, because of this. If you don't, just, just stay there. But why does praise matter? Turn to the other person next to you on the other side and say, why does praise matter? Okay. We have to understand what praise is, and we have to understand the value of praise. Romans chapter 1, verse 9, if you have your Bibles, Romans 1, 9, all the way to verse 12, it says this, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit. Everybody say serve. Another word for serve is minister. It's the same word. So Paul, in, in Romans chapter 1, he, he tells us, I minister to God in my spirit. Are you guys with me? When Jesus was with, with the woman with the well, he was teaching them. He's like, okay, what, what about worship? And Jesus says this, I am looking for those who will worship me in spirit and in truth. Everybody say, in spirit. God is looking for those who would worship him in spirit or would minister to him in their spirit. And I believe that we need to understand that our lives are called to worship God in our spirit. That God is deserving and worthy of worship that comes from our hearts totally rendered surrendered to God and that is the appropriate response of a Christian and that worship changes us one amen worship changes us look we worship not to get something from God we worship because we understand who God is but every time we worship we are changed by worship many people want to teach 10 steps of how to change many people want to teach 10 steps on how to be transformed even pastor churches, five steps, three steps, 10 steps on how to do this. But the Bible actually teaches us and gives us the secret to be transformed in our lives. And that's found in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians teaches us and instructs us on how to be able to, to be transformed. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it says this, and be transformed by looking upon his face. And as we gaze upon the face of God, we are transformed from glory to glory. Everybody say glory to glory. Transformation does not come from your self-effort. Transformation does not come from 10 steps, 12 steps, 15 steps, 2 steps, 3 steps. It does not come from going to a service. It does not come from this. 
Transformation comes through contemplation. The more you contemplate the Lord, the more we are transformed. That's what the Bible teaches us. The Bible says that the process for transformation for a Christian is contemplation. That as more we contemplate God, that is the more we worship him, the more we are transformed into his image. Have you ever heard the phrase, you are what you eat? Now, if we were trying to liken that into spiritual terms, I would say you are what you behold. And this is true. That's why everybody is putting things in front of us because they want us to behold. We become like who we behold. That's why when a boyfriend finds a girlfriend and the parents have told the boyfriend a thousand times, hey, you need to get a job. Hey, you need to go to school. Hey, you need to work hard. And he never listens to his parents. And then he gets a girlfriend and suddenly what does he want to do? Find a job. Why? Because we are transformed by the things we behold. Do you understand this? That's why advertisements want to put celebrities who have nothing to do with what they are selling. They don't even like the products that, that they're selling many times and they put the celebrities to sell it to you. Do you know why? Because you want to be like the people you behold. Do you understand? You are what you behold. You are what you see. Everybody here with me, guys. And so the reality is that we are transformed by what we look at. We are transformed by what we gaze upon. The more we gaze upon something, the more we become like that thing we gaze. That's why there's even um, practical studies, psychological studies that say, if you want to work out, put on a skinny person in your, a picture of a skinny person in front of you. Like put it on your closet, put it on your bedroom, put it on your mirror. And every time you see a skinny person, that's going to encourage you. Hey, I need to go exercise. That's psychology. Did you know that? Like that's, that's because we are what we gaze upon. And the Bible teaches us that if we want to be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ, we need to gaze upon the face of Jesus. Is everybody here with me so far? But I want to build into this contemplation. And I don't think contemplation is as easy as some people make it out to seem. A lot of people will just say, worship God. I don't think worship is as simple as it is, but I think there is a process that builds into genuine worship, spirit and truth worship. And then when we get into this place of spirit and truth worship, then we are those who are able to be in the glory of God, contemplating the glory of God and being transformed by the glory of God. But this isn't a secret. And this isn't something so hard. It's not something that just I know or just Jason knows or just Ariel knows or just Gabe knows or just the worship team knows or just Steph. It's not something that is a big secret. It's actually in the Bible how we can enter into his presence and receive from his presence to be transformed by his presence. Amen? Everybody here with me. So we have to praise. Now, going back to Psalm chapter 100. Everybody go back to Psalm chapter 100. Psalm chapter 100, when we look at this, it says, Enter in through the gates with thanksgiving and go into the courts with praise. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful and bless his name. The Bible gives us a prescription of what we are supposed to do if we want to see the glory of God. Hoffa, do you by any chance have a picture of the tabernacle that I sent to you? Uh, let, let me put up a picture of something here. Now, when the Bible is talking about enter into his gates and, and enter into his courts, it's referencing a, a specific place. You see, 
when David wrote this, when, when David wrote this psalm and he said, enter into the gates with thanksgiving, enter into the courts with praise, he had a vision of something before him. That's why he uses the term gates, because he's thinking of something specific. When he's talking about courts, he's, he's thinking of something specific for us. And what he's referencing when he talks about enter the gates and what he's referencing when he talks about enter the courts is the tabernacle. Everybody say tabernacle. And so he's thinking about this place. Now, if you're new to church, this place is very significant to us as Christians, as believers. This is, this is very significant to Jews. This is very significant to us as, as Christians. When we look back at this, this was significant to Jesus. This was significant to Paul and the disciples. This was very, very important. And maybe you've never heard of the tabernacle, but let me explain a little bit about the history of the tabernacle. When God calls Moses, does anybody here know who Moses is? Anybody ever heard of Moses? Most of us have. When God calls Moses into the desert, he tells Moses, Moses, I want to dwell with my people. In other words, he says, I want to I be close to my people. God, this is God's real presence, his tangible presence. I don't know if you know, but, but God's tangible presence is glory manifest. It's like gold, power, light shining. It's so bright and powerful. It's as if God, his whole entire glory gets revealed. That's the glory of God. And God says this, I want to dwell with my people. And that shows us a heart that from the very beginning, what's God's desire with humanity? Why was humanity created? Why were you created? Why were all of us created? Why was humans created? It shows God's intention. The Bible says in Genesis uh, chapter 2, that God wanted to walk with Adam in the cool of day. What does this mean? God desires to dwell with his people. God desires to relate with his people. God made a creation in which he desires to connect to. Can I have a good amen? Turn to the person next to you, paying attention. God wants to connect with his people. You were created for connection with God. Can you turn to somebody and say, you were created for connection with God? You were created for relationship with God. Since the Garden of Eden, since Adam, God wanted to connect with people, wanted to dwell with people. Are you with me? Now, in the desert with Moses, he tells Moses, he says, Moses, I want to dwell with my people. But if I expose my glory to the people who are all in sin, they will die. This is before Jesus' sacrifice. He says they will die. And so he says, this is what I want you to do. I want to... I'm going to design a place that will contain my presence in a safe way so that I might dwell with the people, but the people will not perish. And so he gives Moses the exact instructions for the tabernacle. And, and it's so exact that he goes down to the measurements. He goes down to the colors. He goes down to the fabrics and the type of fabrics that are needed. Every single detail of the tabernacle is designed by Jesus. Are you guys with me? signed by God. And, and the, the tabernacle, this is all just an introduction into it. The tabernacle was designed in three parts. Okay. So there's three parts. Everybody say three. Okay. The first part, you would enter the gates. And this part right here was called the outer courts, but it had a different name as well, which was called the atrium. And so this outside part was the atrium or the outer courts. And then he asked Moses, Moses, build this, this tent within this location. And, and this tent is divided into two parts. You see, this curtain is a divisor. And he says, this tent is to be divided into two parts. The first part is to be called the holy place. 
But he says this second part, nobody may enter except for the high priest once a year. And this place will carry what is known as the Ark of the Covenant, which was the symbol of the very manifest presence of God. And he says this, here in the Holy of Holies, that's what this place is called, my presence will dwell. And that place is called the Holy of Holies and it contained the Ark of the Covenant and the Ark of the Covenant was a symbol for the presence of God. Is everybody here with me so far? So three parts, outer courts, atrium, holy place, divided by a curtain. And in that curtain, there's another third place and that is called the Holy of Holies and the Holy of Holies contains the Ark of the Covenant. You guys ever watched Indiana Jones? Anybody like Indiana Jones here? You remember Indiana Jones and the Ark of the Covenant? That is that, okay? And it's all fictional, Indiana Jones, but it's based on this, this ark that contained the very presence of God. Everybody here with me, guys. And so going to Psalm 100, we look at this and we understand this. We, we see this, that, that God, he says this, uh, David, he's writing, inspiring David. And he says this, enter into the gates with thanksgiving, go into the courts, this area right here, with praise so that you might be able to enter into this place here, which is the depths of the presence of God. Is everybody here with me? Now, the tabernacle evolves and changes over time. There's a second version, uh, Tabernacle 2.0, and that's called David's Tabernacle. Okay, I'm not going to get into David's Tabernacle. But finally, when Jesus comes around in the book of Hebrews, um, it kind of, God reveals what's going on. Because a lot of people don't understand this, but the Old Testament is a shadow, is a type of the New Testament. That the Old Testament has some things that don't really make sense until you read the New Testament and is explained there. So I'm going to give you an example of one of those things. In the Old Testament, God said, I want you to sacrifice lambs. And I want you to find innocent lamb that is spotless. That means I want you to get a nice little baby lamb, perfect, spotless, cute okay no problem it, it the, literally they had to check it and make sure if it had a defect if it had a defect they couldn't they couldn't they couldn't sacrifice it they had to be a perfect lamb and he says i want this lamb god says this and i want you to kill it and they killed the lamb and to the old testament this was so confusing to the old it was so weird what's god's beef with lamb like why doesn't god like lambs I don't even want us to kill lambs. Like, why didn't God create lambs? What, what's God's problem with lambs? Why does he want lambs dead? That's probably what went through their head in the Old Testament. Now, this is really crazy because in the New Testament, when you read the New Testament, the Bible is divided into two parts. The, the New Testament reveals what the Old Testament is setting up. And so, like, for example, right now, across from me, there is a shadow, and it's revealing who I am. Okay, you can see the shape of my head. You can see my ears. You can see my hand. You can see my shoulders. It's revealing who I am. However, the shadow does not fully manifest what I want to be seen as. Do you understand this? It shows who I am in, in a part, but it does not show who I am in its entirety. Are you with me? The Old Testament is God's shadow. It's God saying, hey, I want to show you things I can't show you entirely. So I'm going to show you just the shadow but in the New Testament, I'm going to reveal completely everybody with me so far. And so, for example, going back to the example of the lamb, 
What's God's problem with lambs? Well, we don't know. Nobody in the Old Testament understood why does God want to kill lambs? Nobody understood why God wants to kill lambs. But then in the New Testament, something incredible happens because John the Baptist gets a revelation from heaven and God's like starts speaking to John the Baptist and he tells John the Baptist a secret. He says, you remember those lambs? And John's like, yeah, I remember those lambs. I've always wondered, God, what's your problem with lambs? And he's like, yeah, remember it? You don't really get it. But guess what? Remember how it was supposed to be innocent and spotless? And remember how it's not supposed to have any blemishes? And remember how it's not supposed to have any issues? And remember how that innocent animal was going to be sacrificed? And do you know why it was sacrificed? It was sacrificed so that the sin of the people might be forgiven? Do you remember that innocent lamb? Well, guess what? That was all a shadow. The real lamb, his coming, he has arrived. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the lamb that has come to take away the sin of the world. He has no sin. He has no problem. He has no blemish. And all sin will be placed on him. And he will die a death that is not his so that everybody might be forgiven and so the shadow boom now you know what it means everybody here with me guys going back to the tabernacle put it back up here the tabernacle was a shadow why was the tabernacle a shadow because the tabernacle revealed something what did the tabernacle reveal well the tabernacle has three parts it has an outer part it has a middle part and it has an inner part three parts that, that are made and jesus he would go on to say that one day the tabernacle that was made with Moses would just be a shadow, would just be a type of the real tabernacle. And the real tabernacle would be the place where God dwells today in the New Testament. Does anybody know where God dwells today in the New Testament? The Bible says the spirit of God dwells inside of each believer that he who is joined with the Lord is one spirit with him and that we are the temple, the tabernacle, that's the word. We are the tabernacle of the Lord. Are you guys with me? So today, who is the new tabernacle? We are. So the old tabernacle was a shadow, a type of the new tabernacle. The old tabernacle had three parts. How many parts do we humans have? Three parts. Did you know that? We, we oftentimes confuse soul and spirit, and we, we lump soul and spirit together. But the Bible has many passages, one of which is when 1 Thessalonians, it says this, that the word of God is a sword that is sharp enough to separate bone and marrow, soul and spirit. Can everybody say soul and spirit? Now, I'm not that great at anatomy, but I can tell you for certain that bone and marrow are not the same thing. Is everybody here with me? They're not the same thing. There's this difference between them. In the same way, soul and spirit are not the same thing. And so we are three parts in our being. We are a spirit that has a soul that's inside of a body. Again, we are a spirit that has a soul that, that's inside of a body. Now, the, the person who we are, the, 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 the true essence of who we are, we are spirit. We are this ethereal, intangible, non-dimensional being inside of us called the spirit. When we die, remember those cartoons when the little thing comes out of us? When we die, that's your spirit. Are you guys with me? But what is a soul then? Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Is everybody here with me? This is basic maturity course, but just so that we can recover this, just make sure for those who don't know. We are mind, will, and emotions. That is our soul. You ever heard somebody who says, hey, you have an old soul? What does that mean? It means they're kind of traditional. It means that they like old things. Maybe they like old music. Maybe they like old habits. They have an old soul. Are you guys with me? That's where we process. Our soul is our processor. And guess what? The same way that the tabernacle is three and one, we are three and one. And so what are we? We are spirit, soul, and body. The same way that the tabernacle was holy of holies, holies, and outer place. What's the outer place? The outer place is equal to what? Our bodies. What's the inner place? It's equal to what? Our souls. 
And what's the deepest, the Holy of Holies? What is it connected to? Our spirits. Where does the Spirit of God dwell? Here, in the tabernacle, in the Holy of Holies. Where does the Spirit of God dwell? Inside of us, in the Spirit. Our spirits are joined together with Him. Do you guys understand this, guys? Is this making sense so far? Okay, so what does this have to do with praise? What does this have to do with praise? What does this have to do with what we are doing? I, I want you to get this. I want you to understand this, that you are the place that houses the presence of God. You are the house of the Holy Spirit. I love to make this joke because I, it's my favorite joke. I came up with it. You are not the, the hotel, the motel, or the holiday inn of the Holy Spirit. You are God's house. God dwells in you. If you have accepted him, he lives inside of you. Are you guys with me here? Now, the Bible tells us a process to be able to reach the deepest parts. All of us want to sense the presence of God. All of us want to get to the Holy of Holies. All of us want to really flow in spirit. We want a spiritual worship. We want a deep, profound worship. We want a worship where we hear the voice of God, where we sense his presence, where we sense his spirit. If you don't want that, that's what you should desire. But how do we reach that place? The Bible teaches us. I just got an iPad and a brand new one because I gave my old one away. And, and when I got it, the first thing I went to try to do is try to understand all of the functions. What, what are the new functions? What are the new features? What's going on? And I watched videos and I went into, you know, the, the manual that, that nobody ever reads. And I actually try to read through it and try to understand it because I was like, hey, I want to understand how to use this. We don't know how to access deeper parts of God because we don't read his manual and receive his instructions of how to go deeper in his presence. If we read his manual, we would know how to go deeper into his presence. And so what does he say? He says, the first thing is you must enter the gates with thanksgiving. Here's what I want you to understand. The first place that you must enter into that Jesus teaches, he says, here's the gates. That is the door. Here's how you open the door to go to deeper levels. He says, if you want to enter the place to enter deeper levels, you must begin with thanks. Have you ever noticed that every church that you go to sings the, the, the same type of ways? We sing an upbeat song, usually about thanks. We sing a middle song, usually about praise. And we usually end with a slower song that's about worship. Do you know why? It's not like we all came together, Presbyterian, Baptist, Pentecostals, and we're like, hey, let's uh, do this format of worship. It's not. It's because when you study the word of God, you discover that God has given us a prescription. And he said, start with thanksgiving, enter into praise, and flow into worship. Do you understand this? And so the gates are thanksgiving. The gates are thanksgiving. You must learn how to use, yeah, you know, my iPad, if I never read the manual, I might occasionally stumble on a, future, a feature. It's kind of like a mom or an uncle when they get technology, you know, your moms and uncles, and they occasionally do something and they're like, how did I do this? And they don't even know how to do it. And they're like, hey, can you do this for me? I know that, that we have those like, oh, I didn't even know it did this. And, and we kind of like, oh, how, how, did that, how did that happen? We can occasionally stumble in the depths of Jesus Christ, but we won't know how to access it if we don't understand what he is giving to us. Is everybody here with me? That's why more, more and more people are, are frustrated because they don't know how to access. They depend on others to access. But we are not the ones who need to be the people who you come to. Oh, you need the pastor. You need the worship leader to access the presence. You can access the presence wherever you are, however you are, in your room, in your car, wherever, if you know how to go into that place. 
Everybody here with me. And so Thanksgiving is a starting principle. I talked about Thanksgiving. I said a lot already on Thanksgiving um, on the first week. If you can, go to Spotify and uh, you'll see it there on Vine Church FL podcast. You can re-listen. Today, I want to talk about praise. And what is praise? Praise is reminding self of our place. Praise is reminding self of our place. Praise is when we stop what we're doing and we remind ourselves who we are and who God is. I love my wife. She's wonderful. My wife, she watches Star Wars with me. She watches Lord of the Rings. We're watching Lord of the Rings right now. We've turned three movies into a series because we fall asleep every 10 minutes. But, 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 but she watches with me. She makes my favorite food. She makes the house an, an incredible atmosphere. She's wonderful. God loves me through my wife. And through my wife, my heart becomes thankful. And thanksgiving is going to be the fruit of relationship. You will be thankful unto the Lord when you have relationship to the Lord. You will be genuinely thankful to the Lord when you have relationship with the Lord. I'm talking about genuinely. Are you genuinely thankful to God? Like I'm talking about, can you see the evidence of God's goodness in your life? And can you honestly give him thanks? Can you honestly, really honestly tell God, really real, say, God, thank you for this. Thank you for this. And can I tell you something? Thanksgiving needs to be specific. I've learned this with my wife. I just say, hey, baby, you're, you're amazing. It's great. But when I say, baby, thank you so much that you did this, it takes a whole nother level because Thanksgiving needs to be specific and Thanksgiving only comes through relationship. Enter his gates with Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is giving God thanks for what he does. What he does. Everybody say what he does. So look, the first step when we come into this room we got to thank God for what, you, for what he does. That's why we sing, Waymaker, miracle worker, promise. We're thanking God for what he does. God, you do this. God, you provided. God, you took care of my kids. God, you opened a way. God, you did something in my life. God, you provided in the past. You will provide in the future. God, you are faithful. You opened the Red Sea. You parted everything. Jesus, you changed everything. You gave bread. We give life. We sing thanking God for what he does. And the Bible says that's how you're supposed to enter the gates. Thanking God for what he does. God, you are the God who created the universe. And you remind yourself. And when you remind yourself of what God has done, you remind yourself of who you are and who he is. And that's how we're supposed to enter into the gates. Everybody with me? But he says there's a second step. So Thanksgiving is thanking God for what he does. But he says this. He says that you are called to enter the, the courts with praise. Everybody say praise. Praise is when you lift up the name of God for who he is. Pay attention. Thanksgiving is what he does. Praise is what? Okay, some of you. Thanksgiving is what he does. Praise is for what? Who he is. It's different. Pay attention. It's very different. One thing has to do with God. You provided for me. God, you will provide for me. God, you are good. The other thing has to do with God. You are Jehovah Jireh provider. God, you are creator of the universe. God, you are righteous. One has to do with what he can do for you. Thanksgiving has to do with what he can do for you. Praise has to do with who he is to you. And so the prescription is tell God of the wonderful things that he does. Tell him how wonderful of what he can do for you. But then go into a place of saying who he is to you. And that takes a different level of relationship. 
Because if a stranger gives me $100, I can say thank you for giving me $100. But for me to be able to say, you are such a generous person, I must know that person. Do you get this? And so this is a different level. It's not based on what he does. It's based on his identity. It's based on his identity. And the Bible says that praise is the courts. Praise is the courts. So what is the courts that we just saw in the tabernacle? The courts are your soul. What is the soul in the Bible? It's the processor of your being. It's the processor of your being. What does that mean? It means it's the place that processes everything. So what is praise? Praise is recognizing who God is inside of your being. It's meditating on who he is. It's meditating on his character. It's meditating on what he, he not he gives to us, but what he is as a whole, who he is. God, you are righteous. God, you are holy. God, you are father. God, you are the one who cares. Jesus, you are the provider. God, you are the one who stabilizes. God, you are peace. You are joy. You are love. It is understanding the characteristics of God and claiming and calling out the characteristics of God. Everybody here with me. The definition of glory, uh, I'm sorry, the definition of praise means to tell of glory, fame, and renown. It's for our souls to remind who God is and who we are. So look, Thanksgiving activates our bodies and it activates our faculties. Thanksgiving makes us jump. Thanksgiving makes us celebrate. Thanksgiving makes us clap our hands. It calls to mind. It calls to hands. It calls through words that we would thank God for what he does. But here's what praise does. Praise is when you start getting your soul into it. It's when your emotions are connected into it now. It's when your thought is connected into it now. It's when your will is connected into it now. It's not just your, 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 your body. It's not just your hands. It's not just your words. It's your soul. But can I tell you, I've been to churches where all of the whole entire experience that we call worship isn't really worship. It's all thanksgiving. And it's good because it's all external. It's all hands and faces and that's it. And there are some churches, can I tell you, that's even worse. There are no hands. There are no songs. There is no words. They don't even get to the first level. I, 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 I kind of think it's incredible that they would even call that a worship moment because they're not even getting into the gates. But then there are places that only have thanksgiving. Then there are places that only have praise. But the Lord doesn't want us to just have thanksgiving. He doesn't want us to just have praise. He wants us to go into the depths of his glory and experience the fullness of his presence. God did not create us to have really good services. God created us to be in his presence. God did not stop calling it a worship experience. It's not. It's, it's a moment where we worship the Lord Jesus Christ in his presence. You guys with me? I call it a worship experience. But I got to stop myself. Because moment in his presence. Because an experience, I go to Disney to get an experience. I go to God to get his presence and glory. Everybody here with me, guys. So soul is like activated in praise. We begin to praise. Our emotions begin to be activated. We begin to meditate and wonder on who he is. We begin to now include our emotion, our thoughts, our will. Like my, like at first, I wasn't really feeling it. At first I came and at first I'm here. But guess what? Even though I don't want to be here, even though I just fought with somebody, even though something bad just happened, even though like I'm cold as ice to God right now, I'm not really feeling it. I'm here. And while I'm here, here's what I'm going to do to enter into the gates because I want an experience with God because I know it's the only thing that can transform me. I'm going to start with Thanksgiving. I'm going to lift my hands. And I'm going to say, thank you, God, that you make a way. 
Thank you, God, that you made a way. Thank you, God, because you never fail. Thank you, God, because those who build their house on the rock will not be shaken, Jesus. Thank you because you're the one who take care. Thank you because you opened the, the Red Sea for Moses. Thank you because you made a way. Thank you because you are wonderful. Thank you because you are great. You are worthy. You are incredible. All of your works, we shall sing about it. I'm going to do this. And while I'm doing this, you know what's happening? My body is now connecting and now it's hitting my soul. You ever heard a song and you didn't know the lyrics and then the beat got your body before it hit your soul? And then once your body got involved, the lyrics started changing your soul? That's what happened. And now through Thanksgiving, my soul is being activated. Now I don't really want to be here, but now while I'm thanking God, now something is ha happening inside of me. And now I'm actually starting to remember who he is. And now my thoughts are being activated. My emotions are being activated. My life is being activated. Is everybody here with me? Um, I don't know who, we had two keys today. So I don't know who to call up. I don't know if it's Gabe or Juan, but somebody won one of the two keyboards play for us. We have two keyboards, but no drummer. So guys, if you know a drummer, please let us know. Okay. If you can, open your Bibles to Psalm 145. Psalm 145. Look what the Bible says. Psalm 145. It says, I extol you. I love this word, extol. Um, I extol you, my God, O King. I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Everybody say praised. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise. Everybody say praise. Praise your works to another and they shall declare your mighty acts. I will meditate on your glorious splendor, on your majesty, on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and they shall sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He is slow to anger and he is great in mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all of his works. All of his works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. All of your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. Go to Psalm 148. 148, if you're taking notes. This is what it says. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Verse 2. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Say praise. This is my favorite mark. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you stars of light. Can we just read that again? Just, just, just the first, go to verse one. It says, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun. Praise him, moon. Praise him, stars of light. Praise him, praise him, praise him. What is praise? Praise is when you start to give God much more than just words and hands and you just stop thanking him. It's when you really recognize who he is and you focus on his being. Praise is when you invoke your emotions, you invoke your thoughts. Praise is to meditate. It's not just to keep looking at a lyric and wait for something to happen, waiting for people to sing, waiting for the presence of God. Praising is like, I'm going to involve all of myself. I'm going to involve all that I am. I'm going to involve everything. Are you with me? 
I love sports. And when I watch sports, I cannot help it. I start with just sitting down, just my body, just being there. But after a while, out of nowhere, my emotions start to get connected with that sport and I start to cheer. Man, I'm willing to cry. Man, I'm willing to feel emotions through this. Are you guys understanding? The other day, a month ago, I went to Brazil and, and it was one of the semifinals to one of the biggest championships in South America. And my cousin invited me to go. And so I'm there with my cousin and, and my cousin doesn't, I don't even root for the same team as him, but he gives me a shirt. He tells me, man, nobody can get into this game. It's sold out. I brought a ticket. I have an extra ticket, come with me. And so I go with him and I'm there and there's this crowd and there is 50,000 people rooting in this soccer game. And I'm not even cheering for that team. But suddenly the crowd starts to get involved and they start to sing. And I don't know why I'm getting goosebumps. I don't know why I'm starting to feel emotional now. I don't know why, but when they say, let's get eternal glory, I'm about to say, yes, let's get eternal glory. When, when, when something's happening, it's not even my team. I'm screaming, oh my God, can you believe that? Because something is happening. My emotions are now connected to this thing that I'm witnessing. And this is the reality. One of my favorite things that I, I found on the internet is watching little kids, babies, 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 month old, react to classical music. Anybody ever watched that before? It's amazing. It's like these little babies, they're six months old, and then they put Andrea Bocelli singing Ave Maria, and out of nowhere, this baby starts crying. The baby doesn't know why it's crying. The mom doesn't know why it's crying. Nobody's understanding, but the baby's crying. Because music has this wonderful thing where it affects our soul. But I want to tell you, it's not enough for you to just get a really high quality music that affects your soul. When we praise, we're supposed to praise God with all of our soul. It's not like, I'm going to praise God with my coffee cup in my hand, passively waiting. Yeah, God. I'm going to praise God just kind of watching with my arms crossed. All right, God, what are you going to do here? It's not that. That's not praise. Praise is profound. Praise is when your soul is in it. It's when your mind is in it. It's when your emotions are in it. And can I tell you, if we are really here believing in a God, don't we believe that Jesus Christ is worthy of all of our praise? If we really believe what we say and what we confess, do we really believe that the Lord came down and died for sinners? That while we were his enemies, he still gave his entire life for us, died and resurrected on the third day. Isn't that worthy of praise? Isn't it God who created all the universe? Ex nihilo, from nothing, in one breath. Isn't that worthy of praise? That's worthy of praise. I don't know about you, but that makes me want to involve all that I am. Isn't seeing the man, Jesus Christ, with those beautiful eyes, eyes to fight, worthy of me giving him all of my praise? To me, it is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. Revelation says, is there anybody worthy? Yes, there is. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy of all praise. He is worthy of all honor. He is worthy of all glory. I will return to him all praise. And I'm not even talking about worship. I haven't even gotten there yet. I'm not even talking about glory. I haven't even gotten there yet. But I'm talking about praise. Now, this verse is my favorite verse. 
because I don't know if you know this, but all of the universe recognizes who God is. The Bible says that if we shut up, if we don't praise God, the rocks will start praising God because all of the universe praises God. God is worthy of all of his creation, not just us, but all of the earth, all of the universe singing his praises. One of my favorite videos of all time, of all time on YouTube is Pastor Louis Giglio speaking on this. And it's a quick five minutes, but I think it can change your life forever when we start to notice this. Half of you have the video for me? Let's just all turn our attention right here. He's going to say it way better than I could ever do it. Moon and moon and praise him, all you shining stars. That's not just a poetic idea. That's really happening because stars don't just shine. Stars also sing. Let me just show you a couple more stars. This one is called the Vela Pulsar. And it's magnificent. It's a thousand light years away. It's a highly magnetized neutron star. Right. Simply means this star exploded into a supernova. And in the case of the Vela Pulsar, it collapsed back on itself in a magnetic entity. And as a pulsar, it began oscillating on its axis. This one oscillates 11 times a second on its axis. And as it is oscillating you can see what's happening it's shooting a radio frequency out of itself when they aimed the radio telescopes at the vela pulsar this is what they heard and this is what this guy does 24 7 day and night 365 days a year this is what from a thousand light years away the vela pulsar sounds like right now this is it listen to this Now, I, I don't know about you, but I, that blew me away. I'm thinking, wow, this is incredible. You're like, well, what does it mean? I don't know. Is that some kind of Morse code for something? Or what does what, what all that mean? I don't know what it means, but I, I don't want to you know, go too crazy here. But maybe the Vela Pulsar got wind somehow innately of Psalm 148, verse 3. And says, it says, praise him, sun and moon and all you shining stars. We're a shining star. We should praise him. Well, how are we going to praise him? I know. Let's oscillate 11 times a second on our axis and see if we can send a radio signal into the universe that would join in the symphony of God's praise from all creation it's singing the stars are singing to him i recently stumbled on 47 tuck it's a, a beautiful uh, cluster of stars let's show you the picture of it here there are 12 of these super giant blue stars in there but the things that are of interest to us tonight are these millisecond pulsars and right now tonight while we're sitting in this room the 16 Recorded millisecond pulsars and 47 tuck are making this sound right now. That was a little IT. Beautiful. 
Who knew? No, God has his own string section. He's, look, beautiful. And we just looked at one 11 times a second pulsar and 16 millisecond pulsars, and you start seeing Psalm 48 come to life. But look down at verse 7. It says, Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures in all deeps. The, the whale songs could sound like this right here. Take a listen. We don't know the expanse of the worship that is continually surrounding the throne of God. And our songs are great, but God isn't banking on our songs because he is surrounded by a symphony that's bigger than our wildest dreams tonight. Stars sing and whales sing and the birds fly. And I just tried to imagine what would it sound like if you could just for a second be God and hear what he hears. And I can't get us there tonight, but I, I came close. I had a friend who helped me with this little iPad program. And, and I'm not a DJ, but I, I just a little thing, just quickly. And I, I want you to see how this works. So this guy, we didn't look at his picture. He's PSR BO329-54. And he's only rotating one and a half times per second, which is not all that much, but we need him in our little experiment we're going to do here, okay? Um, and then we had the Vela Pulsar. You remember the Vela Pulsar, right? So that's that guy. But that's a little too fast for what we're trying to do, so we're going to slow that down, okay? So we're going to put the, uh, the millisecond guys in there. The ones you just heard, here they come. some whales okay, those same whales that you just saw undoctored and unedited here they go got two pulsars and then 16 other so whales and we got some going but I was asking what you're asking because some people some people need it really clear like what are they singing and we tried this and you just gotta know this is unedited we just dropped this on and this is what happened. This is what they might be singing. You with me? You bet. 
Do you want to sing along with Stars and Whale? Compassion. Just say that we're all happy. Give us one more time, just you and the whale, two and the He says, hey man, this is one of my favorite videos on the internet because um, this shows us the size and the scope of our God. And it shows us the incredible value of our praise to join with all of heaven, to join with all of heaven. I just want to invite the worship team, if you guys can come up. This shows us that we need to learn how to thank the Lord. We were created to praise Him. I want to tell you there's few things that we were created more for than learning how to praise our God. There's few things that transform us more than learning how to worship our God and contemplate Him. I'm convinced that as Christians, we were not created as human doers. We were called as human beings because we are called to be in his presence. To live and dwell in his presence. To be transformed by his presence. To receive life from his presence. And all of the universe recognizes this. But many times we do not recognize this. And you know, there is the presence of God that is called the omnipresence of God. And it's the presence of God where there is it's everywhere. But in the Bible, you see more times than often, more than not, is that God also likes to put himself in specific places where his glory is revealed, where his glory is made manifest. He picks addresses over and over and over again in the Bible because he wants his glory to be shown. And his glory is not just for anyone. His glory are for those who are part of his family, who walk with him. It's like my glory is not just for all of you. My glory, there's a part of my glory that only my wife knows. There's a part of my glory that only my family knows. There's a part of my glory that only my kids know. I believe that God wants to reveal himself in that way, but us as a church, we need to learn how to not just be watchers, participants, 
how to just be the ones who come to service and wait. We need to be the ones who know how to thank him. We need to be the ones who know how to praise him. We need to understand what the Bible teaches us so that we're not waiting for an opportunity to enter into the Holy of Holies, that we are entering his gates with thanksgiving, entering his courts with praise, making our way to the Holy of Holies of worship, and then standing in his glory and its fullness. It's what God is calling us to understand. And so I want us to end this service by praising him, by giving him the praise that only he is worthy of. But praise is not just music. The Bible says make songs, but did you know you can praise without songs? Praise is giving glory. Praise is recognized. Praise is saying, I recognize who you are. I give glory to who you are. It's not about what you can do for me. It's about who you are. I don't want what you can give to me. I want you. That's a whole other level of love. Not what I can give to you, but when you just want the person. And that's what praise is. God, I give you my, my words to just declare.